If talking about stewardship and giving is something that you don't like, then I'm wondering if you like Jesus. And the reason I say that is because he talked more about people and their money than he did about heaven and hell. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. Today on In Grace, we are going to be talking about stewardship, and my message is titled, Finding Greater Joy Than a Happy Meal. <laughs> You're probably thinking, yeah, but remember when you were a kid. Remember how happy you were when they bought you one of those. Actually, I'm not sure if I ever got a happy meal because my dad was in the ministry. My mom, of course, was in the ministry. My dad was a pastor. We didn't have a lot of money, so I got I think I got $2, whatever you can buy for $2 back in the 80s is what I ended up getting. And I don't think a Happy Meal would fit into that plan. But anyways, we as Americans and a lot of people in our world and our Western civilization, we really have a lot. And we need to learn how to be better givers. And that's what we're going to talk about today and really the rest of the week is finding what real joy is. And in 2 Corinthians 9, as we're going to study today, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. So we're going to talk about that and more today here on In Grace. Also, I'm excited because we have a brand new resource, a book that I've been working on called Healing Hurt, How Faith and Forgiveness Can Heal Any Heart. And that is now available. I'll tell you how you can get a copy at the end of today's program, but it's dealing with waves of pain, waves of hurt that myself, my wife, my family has had to go through with a series of issues, my dad dying and my daughter's marriage and, you know, COVID and all of the problems that we have in life, how can we heal from those things that come upon us? And how can we use the Word of God to do that in our own lives? And then how can we use that in other people's lives? Healing Hurt is available. And I'll again tell you how to get that at the end of today's program. So we embark on a series that we do annually here. And it's one of the most important things I think that we can talk about and that is the area of stewardship. And uh, we call it first fruits because in the United States, at least in the Midwest, where we are located in Illinois, our fields are being brought in. The harvest is happening. I had the privilege one time of driving a combine. I'd always wanted to. I love big machines. When we were building the buildings on these properties, we had a contractor that owned all these big caterpillar bulldozers and scrapers and pieces of equipment, and he let me drive some of them. And I was very dangerous with these things. Uh, I was able to locate high-pressure gas lines and multi-pair phone lines. I, I can find those very easily with the teeth of a bulldozer. Seriously, I have. So they don't let me do that anymore. But we were downstate Illinois where my wife's family lives, her uncles and aunts and and people, and they're all farmers. And so I went down there. I said, is there any way you'd let me drive a combine? And they looked at me and like, yeah, how much? I said, well, no, I'll do it for free. Oh, really? So they were very happy to let me drive. And I was very happy to drive. I always thought farmers had it easy. Boy, the farmers are going to be very upset that I just said that. And I'll explain why I said that. 
But once I drove that combine, I was convinced they had it easy. That combine was air-conditioned, had a nice seat that would float along the, the head of the combine. It was, uh, it was picking soybeans, and that self-leveled. And it, the whole thing was GPS computerized. So I enjoyed that. I, I did it for a couple hours. I didn't mess up too much, I don't think. But just like a kid, you know, having so much fun doing that. So why do I give farmers a hard time? Well, because we have this thing going back and forth with Karen's uncles. And that is that farmers only have to work in the summer. And they have a retort for me, pastors only have to work on Sunday. <laughs> so I say, touche. No, farmers work really hard, really hard, and uh, are an incredible segment of our population that provides so much for us. And so we need to thank our farmers. But as we harvest, we think about giving. We think about abundance. Now, most of you don't bring soybeans or corn to church to give in the offering plate, which is nice because that would be a little messy. But some places they do. They bring a, a tenth of their produce or whatever it is. And I love that concept of bringing the first. Why is that such a big deal? First fruits. In Israel, it was the wheat harvest, which was early summer. They would plant it. It was winter wheat. They'd plant it and they'd be reaping it. And I was there one year for it around June. And why is this concept of first fruit so important? Because if, if we're supposed to live by faith, and we are, right? We're supposed to live by faith. Faith is the key to the Christian life. What I'm saying by giving the first of the harvest is that I trust that God is going to provide the rest of the harvest. Because what if I give the first of the harvest, let's say it's 10% has been harvested and I bring that to the Lord. What if a hailstorm comes and destroys the rest of the crop before I can get it in? And, or a windstorm or anything, insects. There's so many things that could happen. It, it's not humanly logical to give the first to God because then we might not have what we need if something bad happens. It's humanly logical to give the, uh, the final part of the harvest. I'll say, God, I'm going to give you the last 10% of the harvest. Now, why is he wanting the first 10%? Well, I believe it's because he wants you to live by faith, to say, I trust God so much that I'm going to give him the first, even if it means that a storm might come or insects might come or somebody would come and burn down the field and destroy my harvest. I'm going to trust God so much and have an act of faith that he's going to provide for me. And I, I'm not worried about that. And that's what God desires of us. He, he desires a, an exercise of faith. And, and some people don't like when we talk about giving. When you go to the doctor, often the doctor's pushing, poking, and prodding right? The three P's of the physician. And if you say, ow, anytime he's doing that or she's doing that, it indicates a problem. It's not supposed to hurt there. So that ow is going to translate into more tests to figure out what's wrong. And if a preacher speaking about giving makes you say, ow, that pain is an indication that there's a problem. 
And may I suggest to you, if this makes you uncomfortable, that you go to the great physician and ask for his help to fix the problem that you have, not me, okay? So am I preaching in order to make sure that this church gets bigger offerings? Here's why that is not the case. Because the God that I serve owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The God that takes care of this church owns everything. So I don't really, it doesn't matter to me how much you give, honestly. It matters to me that the, the body of believers, the Christians, are walking by faith. And I think a very tangible, real-world example of our faith is our offering. It's a bellwether. Usually, if someone is causing problems in the church, I can almost always guarantee, if I were to check, and I don't, but if I were to check on how much that person gives, it isn't much. I find the opposite is true. Those that are giving the most are the most blessed, the most serving, the most amazing people in the church. That's just what I observe. So let's talk about this. And my title uh, might make you smile a little bit, and that is finding greater joy than a happy meal. Now you've been there with kids, right? You've been to McDonald's with kids. And, I mean, you have no choice. You have absolutely no choice. I, I read what one author wrote in his observation about this, and I thought it was really good. I'm going to read this to you, and I think you're going to identify with your own life or your nieces and nephews or grandkids or whoever you take to McDonald's. When we take our children to the Shrine of the Golden Arches... They always lust for the meal that comes with a cheap little prize. A combination christened in a moment of marketing genius as a happy meal. You're not just buying fries, McNuggets, and a dinosaur stamp. You're buying happiness. Their advertisements have convinced my children they have little McDonald's-shaped vacuums in their soul. Our hearts are restless till they find their rest in a happy meal. The author continues. I try to buy off the kids sometimes. I tell them to order only the food and I'll give them a quarter to go buy a little toy of their own. But the cry goes up. I want a happy meal. And all over the restaurant, people crane their necks to look at the tight-fisted, penny-pinching cheapskate of a parent who would deny a child the meal of great joy. The problem with the Happy Meal, the author continues, is the happy wears off, and they need a new fix. No child discovers lasting happiness in just one. Remember that Happy Meal? What great joy I found there. Happy Meals bring happiness, he says, only to McDonald's. You ever wonder why Ronald McDonald is grinning? 20 billion Happy Meals is why. And then his point is this, and I agree with him. When you get older, you don't get smarter. Your Happy Meals get more expensive. 
Many people have found out that life hurts. Why is this? And what can we do to heal from these hurtful experiences? Well, I've written a book called Healing Hurt, How Faith and Forgiveness Can Heal Any Heart. It's a book that comes from my personal experiences of family trials, from COVID to the loss of my father, to the loss of my wife's father, to my daughter's marriage dissolving. But God helped Karen and I and our family through these hard times and helped us heal. And God can do the same for you. I'd love for you to get Healing Hurt today. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to look at verse 7, which is a very common verse when we come to the idea of giving. And the verse, let me just give you a setup of this passage. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the believers at Corinth. Corinth is a city in modern-day Greece, and it's a city that you can go visit today. And I've actually been to Corinth. But the church that was started there because of Paul's missionary journeys uh, had issues, right? Uh, one of the issues is the issue that is covered in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul wanted to spiritually, in a sense, pay back the Jerusalem church, the Jewish believers in Jerusalem, who because of their faith in Christ and the persecution that that brought, and even, remember, Paul was part of that persecution, they were becoming impoverished. It wasn't uncommon for you to be kicked out of your family. You would lose any inheritance. You would lose any uh, financial blessings that your family would give if you were a Jewish Christian in Israel, in Jerusalem, in that time. You may also lose your source of income. If you're a Christian, you, you lose your job. And uh, at this point, it hasn't happened here, but it could one day. And so Paul was taking a collection that he wanted to say, let's bless those that have blessed us. And so Paul was very excited about this. He presents it to the Corinthians, and then he goes on to the next city, and the Corinthians, by the way, responded, we want to give. This is going to be great. We want to do this. We're excited about it. And then a year later, no offering. No offering. He had actually gone to other churches and was bragging about those Corinthians. Man, they were all excited about this, and they're, they're going to give. And then those other churches gave immediately, and Corinth still hadn't done it. So that's the, the background of this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Every man, now women, you're not off the hook, okay? This is every person, according as he purposeth in his heart. So this is, you hear an appeal, you hear a sermon, you find a need, and God is, by his spirit who indwells you, is encouraging you, motivating, convicting you to do something in response to this challenge, and you make a decision, you purposed in your heart, in your innermost being, so let him give. Okay? And by the way, I don't 
believe this is referring to your normal, everyday church giving. I think that is your tithe. I think that, and you say, oh, you believe in a tithe. You must be a legalist. Actually, no. We believe a tithe is a good place to start. We're very liberal when it comes to giving. I'm conservative when it comes to our politicians spending your money, but I'm very liberal in giving. And as a church, we want to be liberal in giving because God wants us to be generous, right? He's a generous God. So it says, every man according as he hath purpose in his heart, so let him give. And then it gives you a couple, th- a couple ways not to give. It says, not grudgingly. Not grudgingly, God doesn't want that type of giver, or of necessity. That means giving under compulsion or constraint. Now, I still think it's better to give grudgingly or of necessity, of reluctance or of under constraint than not give at all. Believe me, giving is the greatest thing ever. So we don't want to give that way or that way, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You're, you're, you're thrilled about what's happening because you know it's going to bless somebody and you know you're going to get blessed. It's, it's just, you've had this experience and you know what's coming and you're, you're, you just can't help but to, to laugh and chuckle. It's actually the Greek word, hilarious. Don't you love it when the Greek word sounds like an English word? And, and that's what God loves. God delights in a child of his that gives joyously, okay? So really, that's, that's the anchor of this passage. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through and see four things that will be part of cheerful giving, and we'll look ahead of this passage in, in 2 Corinthians 9, We'll look at the first six verses this time and then the next eight verses the next time. There was a little boy named Johnny and his grandmother had made him a bag of taffy, homemade taffy. And Johnny's dad and mom had been very good at teaching Johnny how important it is to give. And it was something that they taught him and and they wanted him to be obedient. They wanted him to be a giver. But what happens when they're not in the room? Uh, Johnny's friend came over and Johnny had his brand new big bag of taffy and his dad was in the next room listening to see what would happen. And to his delight, he heard little Johnny open up the bag and hold it out to his friend and say, these are taffies that my grandma made for me. I would like you to take as many as you want. Man! Talk about joy, hearing your child be generous. You see the joy that that brings? And if God is our Father, if you've received by faith Jesus Christ, you're born again, you're born into God's family, our God who is generous delights when you're generous. It it brings him joy, it brings us joy. And so that's what we're going to get to today Finding greater joy than a happy meal. God wants us to learn how to be cheerful givers. Number one, cheerful giving is infectious. 
I'm very careful about using that word infectious these days with a pandemic and all. <clears throat> but for <laughs> 2 Corinthians, this is infectious in a good way. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9.1. For it's touching the ministering of the saints. What is that? That's the offering he's taking. And isn't that neat that an offering is a ministry? So you're, you're collecting money, right? The Roman monetary system, they're collecting instruments of money that will be brought to a, a hurting, needy church. That's a ministry. To the saints, superfluous, for me to write to you. What does that mean? Probably unnecessary. Like, you know, I, I shouldn't have to write to you about this. For I know the forwardness of your mind. In other words, I know what your desires are because they've expressed those desires. Remember, Paul spent a lot of time in Corinth. He usually didn't spend much time in cities, but at one point he spent 18 months with these Christians. These were his children and grandchildren in the faith. For which I boast of you, Paul said, to them of Macedonia. Where's Macedonia? It's a region north of Corinth. So it's just a whole nother area. And he said, when I went to Macedonia to, to speak and to talk about this offering, I bragged on you that Achaia was ready a year ago. Where's Achaia? Well, that's the region that Corinth is in. Okay? So he's bragging to the Macedonians of these Corinthian believers that they were ready to give a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. So they were zealous, they were on board, they were excited, we're gonna do this offering, we're gonna take this, uh, this collection and we're gonna give it to these people and it's gonna be great and then nothing happened. Paul used their excitedness, their zeal to talk about this to other people and that inspired other people to give. So there's a domino effect when you do the right thing. It's a wonderful thing to think about. Your zeal hath provoked very many. Our zeal can be infectious for good. And we'll pick that up right there tomorrow on our Tuesday edition of In Grace. And as we are approaching Thanksgiving, let us not forget to give to the Lord. Let's not forget to be generous and cheerful in our giving. He has given us so much. So part of thanks, I think, is not just saying thank you, but is expressing our thanks to the Lord. And I think a great way to do that is by giving to him, giving to ministries that will promote his word and promote the gospel. And I'm so excited about that. I'm also excited that we have a brand new resource here at In Grace. It's a book that I've been working on for a while. It's called Healing Hurt how faith and forgiveness can heal any heart. And I wrote this basically from my own perspective of pain that we've gone through as a family in the last few years. One is losing my father. My precious daughter, Amy, had a serious marital issue. And then, of course, COVID and all of the things that come wave after wave in our lives. What can we do to recover? How do we heal and then what can we do to help others that are going through these things? Healing Hurt, I think, will really help you. And this is a product that we're going to not sell 
to you. We're going to thank those of you that support In Grace with a gift of any amount by sending you this resource, Healing Hurt. So give us a call today, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. And you can call that number during business hours. If it's after hours, just leave us a voicemail. Or anytime, day or night, go to ingraceradio.com ingraceradio.com. Click on Healing Hurt. Make a gift of any amount. If it's a dollar, no big deal. I mean, obviously that won't cover the expenses, but whatever you give will be fine. We're going to thank you by sending you Healing Hurt. And by the way, right now, we're in a matching gift campaign. So whatever you do give will be doubled. Many people have found out that life hurts. Why is this? And what can we do to heal from these hurtful experiences? Well, I've written a book called Healing Hurt, How Faith and Forgiveness Can Heal Any Heart. I'd love for you to get Healing Hurt today. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.